welcome back to my podcast. I am freaking out because I'm about to tell you all about filing for bankruptcy and I'm doing it live on Instagram to hold me accountable because I've been putting this off for a month, (laughs) maybe more. I mean, frankly, I've wanted to tell you all for a while now. I had posted on Instagram a little while ago, I forget, it was a couple months, I guess it was in September, and I'd had a panic attack, and I ended up calling the paramedics because my panic attack was so bad, and I said the next day, the reason that I had the panic attack was something that I wasn't really ready to share yet. The reason I had the panic attack was because the next day was the day that I officially submitted my paperwork to file for bankruptcy, so that was really big, and I, at that point, had made my peace with it. Like, I had totally made my peace with the fact that I was filing for bankruptcy and all that. It, it was a multi-month process for me, um, but it was still really scary, <laughs> and I clearly had not processed a lot of my feelings around it, so yeah, that's that's what happened with that. In this episode and on this Instagram live, I'm going to be talking about what got me into debt because I know people are curious about that and there are a ton of nuances and like things that I think contributed to the fact that I got into such so much debt that I want to talk about because I think that anyone can learn from it, not just, you know, people who are in debt, but I think you can learn from it no matter what you're going through because the way that I talk about the different, you know, contributing factors is important for anyone who's trying to figure out like why you might be going through something that you're going through. Then I'm going to talk about my debt process and I have this mini course, Five Days to Face Your Finances, which is linked in my bio. And I'm going to talk about how facing my finances was like the key that helped me start to get help (laughs) and finally decide to file. And then I'm going to talk about the filing process briefly. I'm also going to have other episodes where I talk about the filing process and hopefully have my lawyer come on and, you know, answer some common questions that I get because I've been talking about this on TikTok. And then I'm going to address some of the misconceptions and myths and like mean comments that I've been getting because I've been talking about this on TikTok for like a month or two. So I'm going to address some of the myths that I that I see and some of the projections that people uh, put onto me about this process in case you are having any judgments or whatever about this, because I know that there are a lot of judgments and a lot of preconceived ideas about what it means to, quote, go bankrupt. But really, it's filing for bankruptcy. It's a very conscious decision. You just don't you don't just like go bankrupt. You know what I mean? So. I'm going to talk about that towards the end. So let's talk about why I got into debt because there are a number of different factors that I think are really important to mention. I think the first one is looking at my business sort of holistically and looking at the mindset during my business and my business pivot. I was definitely um, influenced by a lot of the messaging in the coaching world that's like, if you're not where you want to be, you need to hire more and you need to spend more money on a coach and all of this stuff. And like, that's the thing that's getting in your way. And while I do think that working with coaches, I mean, I'm a business coach sometimes too, you know, I have business coaching clients and life coaching clients. So while I definitely agree that having a business coach is really helpful for growing and scaling your business, I... I fell into this trap where I was throwing money at anyone who I thought knew more than me and it got me into a really bad 
financial situation. <laughs> um, I wasn't trusting myself. Like I really wasn't trusting myself in my um, insight around business. I wasn't trusting that I could do this. And I had already grown one business before I pivoted. But when I pivoted, I just, I was completely spiraling and I was kind of throwing money at anyone who I thought could help me. And that really wasn't solving the problem. I saw Victoria Washington talk about this on Instagram recently where she was like, you know, a lot of people, you either have a money mindset problem or you have a marketing problem. Most people have a marketing problem, but they think they have a money mindset problem because of the messaging that we see in the coaching industry. That's exactly what it was. I had a marketing problem. I did not have a money mindset problem. I thought I had a money mindset problem. And I mean, to some degree I did, right? But I was throwing like tens of thousands of dollars at coaches to help me when really what I needed to do was start trusting myself and maybe get more, you know, mental health support during the pandemic. So that was the first thing. The second thing that got me into debt was, I've talked about this a lot before on Instagram, but my relationship with gambling and specifically treating my business like I was a gambler. Now, for those of you who don't know, um, my dad was a gambler. He That was his big thing. So this is absolutely like, people talk about generational cycles. This is a huge generational cycle. On one hand, my dad came from poverty. He came from a line of gamblers. Um, you know, my... My dad's side of the family, they always had uh, a pack of clothes and a bag full of coins in their car so that they could like drive to Vegas and go play the slot machines for hours. Like that's very much <laughs> what my dad's side was all about. And then my mom's side was extremely like a lot of wealth, a lot of privilege, use money to control and manipulate people. So I got a lot of mixed messaging and a lot of tension around money growing up and I I clearly needed to go through this in order to alchemize some of this relationship that I had with money and, and to become aware of it. And so I think that my relationship with my dad and specifically his relationship with gambling showed up a lot for me, where not only was I, like I said before, throwing money at any coach who I thought could help me, but I was also like throwing money towards my business hoping that I could 10x my return and being like, oh my God, I'm going to, I'm going to spend all this money on all this stuff and I'm going to 10x it. And I'm going to keep scaling my business, but I didn't have the nervous system grounding to scale my business. I didn't have the vision to scale my business. I just, it wasn't realistic. It was extremely, it, it did feel like I was gambling. It didn't feel grounded. It didn't feel secure. It didn't feel like a decision I was making as a business owner. It felt like it felt really panicky, honestly, and really like, let me just get rid of this and see if I can hit it big. You know what I mean? So there was that. And that was really hard for me to grapple with because I remember I was sitting in one of my business coaching programs in 2021 because all I accumulated most of my debt from the middle to end of 2020 to the end of 2021. And I was sitting in one of my coaching programs that I'd spent a lot of money on. And I remember finally admitting out loud, and this was such a blessing that I had, um, that I had people to share this with, but I finally admitted out loud that I was in a lot of debt and I was really struggling. And it occurred to me that I was repeating a lot of my dad's patterns, like sitting at home alone, isolated, like gambling with my business, that sort of thing. 
And that was really hard. <laughs> that was really hard and really heavy for me because it, it was, I was being asked or what I felt was that I was being asked to um, get rid of that pattern and basically like heal that pattern that my dad sort of left behind when he passed away. Another thing that contributed to me getting into debt was absolutely impulsive spending. And this is something that I know a lot of ADHDers struggle with. And I'm sure there's going to be people who listen to this and you're like, okay, you can't just blame your ADHD for getting into debt. I'm not blaming my ADHD for getting into debt. Okay. I, what I'm saying is that a lot of people with ADHD struggle with impulsive spending and dopamine seeking behaviors. And until you become aware of that cycle, you can't do like, you're not aware enough to change it. So the reason why I'm mentioning it is to bring awareness to the fact that this is like a very real thing. Dopamine seeking behaviors can be a very real issue for people with ADHD. And for me, sitting at home in the pandemic, impulsive spending online was absolutely one of the ways that I coped. Absolutely. So reeling that in and noticing when I felt the urge to spend money and why I felt the urge to spend money was really, really healing for me because... I started to realize how much I was going onto Amazon or I was going to buy new clothes or whatever it was in order to feel better when I was really struggling. In that same vein, there was a lot of mental health spending that I did during COVID. And I think that I, I really feel for myself <laughs> in this regard. Like I really, I, I really do feel for myself because I know that I was coping the best possible way that I could. And the pandemic was very hard for me in a way that I wasn't even aware of during that time. And I know it's hard for everyone, right? Like we all are realizing that it was hard, but yeah, I was just mentally unwell in a way that I, I wasn't totally willing to admit for a long time. And one of the ways that I dealt with the fact that I was mentally unwell was I ordered a lot of Postmates. And you might think that's not a big deal. That's like, whatever, Whitney, I ordered delivery too. But at a certain point, I mean, I think I did the math when I finally sat down and faced my finances. And in 2021, I spent something like $6,000 or $5,000 over the course of the year on Postmates, which is, you know, somewhere between four dollars and $500 a month on Postmates, which actually, if you think about it, is not that hard with delivery fees and taxes and all of that stuff. It's really not that hard to get that much money. But on top of that, I was buying groceries. So I had so much money going towards delivery because I would get to the end of the day and I would just be trapped. I'd be stuck on the couch. My nervous system was like actually at its capacity. I was just, you know, so not only was I spending on coaching and I was spending on contractors that I had hired in my business and I was, you know, throwing money at things to make my business work, but then I was also like really overspending in my day-to-day -day life because I didn't know how to cope. And that was the only way that I really knew how to like take care of myself and cope. I was just doing the best that I could. And, you know, at a certain point, anyone who's been in debt will understand like at a certain point when you start taking on debt, it, it's, it feels easy to like keep taking on debt 
because you've already started. So it's like, well, what's a little more? And what's a little more here? And okay, what's another $20 of Postmates or $30, you know, and but then it builds and builds and builds. And suddenly you've maxed out a credit card. And you're like, Oh, my God, this is really scary. So yeah, a lack of awareness, a lack of nervous system regulation. I was definitely like in one of the worst mental health periods possible. And that showed up in my spending a lot. So the next thing that I think contributed to my debt was spending. So there's two things in this little category, spending to keep up with the pressures of, you know, living in LA, for example. And not that my friends, I have really good friends in LA. And it's not that my friends ever put pressure on me to like buy things when they're buying things. But it's kind of this unspoken vibe, (laughs) for lack of a better word in LA, where it's like you want to keep up and keep up appearances and have if you're going on a trip, have new clothes and like, it's this never ending desire to like keep up with the times and to prove that you're doing well. And I think that showed up in my shopping habits. And then I also think that showed up in my, my living beyond my means and getting an apartment that was totally out of my out of my price range and out of my budget. (laughs) Not that I even had a budget. That's a huge part of this problem too. I didn't have a budget. I had no idea how to budget. I was completely in avoidance of my money, which I'll get to in a second. But yeah, it's like there is this sort of And I'm not even going to touch on this too much uh, other than to say, like, if you feel pressured to keep up and buy things just because the people around you are making a certain amount of money and they're buying certain things and they're going on shopping sprees and they're doing this, they're going to nice dinners and whatever. Just know that, like, you don't have to do all of that just because the people around you are, like, enjoying their money and spending it. One, you don't know how much money people actually have. Like, Uh, people were so shocked when they found out that I was in debt because I was, you would have never known by the way that I was living. So that's the first thing. And then the second thing is like, just because you're not on the same timeline financially as the people in your life doesn't mean that there's something wrong with you or that's bad. People are on different timelines all the time. And so for me, it was about accepting that I was on a different timeline and that had I continued my first business and continued growing it, I probably would be able to spend the kind of money that my friends were able to spend because I would have continued growing this already successful business that I had. But I pivoted and I was trying to figure out my pivot and I was scrambling to like figure out my new niche and get my feet back on the ground and, you know, all of this stuff that just wasn't in the cards for me. (laughs) Not my journey at that time. And so the more that I've been able to just embrace that and be like, you know, I don't need new things. I don't need to go get new clothes for this trip. I don't need to go to these fancy dinners all the time. Like that has given me so much freedom and has really taken the pressure off to keep up financially. Living beyond my means, this this is one that's really, really interesting because it speaks to my, um, how do I want to phrase this? It speaks to my subconscious desire to put myself in chaotic and stressful situations as a way of growing because I was so conditioned and so used to being in chaos and being in stress and relying on my stress hormones to do things. So for example, 
I have talked about this a lot, but in my first business, I used to really rely on launching and these big group program launches that would absolutely burn me out for months. And I brought that into my pivot. These big launches that I would have to recover from for months afterwards, because that was the only way that I knew how to get things done was through stress and adrenaline and chaos and like putting myself on a deadline and go, 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 go. And at a certain point when I was pivoting and when I was realizing that I needed to do things a different way, my body started saying no. Like my body, whereas before I used to be able to ride that stress and do really well on a deadline and really well under pressure, suddenly my body shifted and started shutting down under the pressure and shutting down under stress. So it was having the exact opposite effect, even though that was my subconscious patterning was to continue to give myself stress in order to produce. So I got this apartment, obviously not where I'm living now, I'm living at home, but I had gotten this apartment in 2021 that I thought was going to, it was a beautiful apartment. Like I still, oh my God, I still love that apartment so much. But I got that apartment because I thought it would put the pressure on me to make a lot of money in my business. And I was like, well, the pressure's on. If I have to pay for this apartment, I have to you know, I have to do this, then here, you know, here I am, pressure's on, let's do this. Like I, I have to figure this out. But it actually just made me shut down. It didn't motivate me like I thought it would. It actually just put so much pressure on me that I started spiraling. So that's not good. <laughs> and in a huge, I mean, never again will I get apartment an apartment that's outside of my budget and outside of my means. It's just not worth it. Like, it's not worth it to put myself in that stressful situation again. And now I'm, like, very aware that I don't respond to stress in the same way. Okay. The next thing was absolutely, I mean, continuing on this idea of putting myself in stressful situations because I thought it helped me. Um, I was absolutely, I spent two years of my pivot. So I started pivoting my business in, like, April of 2020. And I don't think I really settled into what I was doing until the end of 2021, like the very end. Mm-hmm. That's a lie. I don't think I really, yes, the, the end of 2021, early 2022 is when I really settled in. So for about a year and a half, almost two years, I <laughs> sabotaged constantly. Oh my God, while I was trying to figure out my pivot and get my feet on the ground and all these things, change my business, I sabotaged so much. I didn't even realize I was doing it until I had a coach who, thank God, I invested in her at the end of 2021. I had this coach look at me and she was like, why is the wounded 23-year-old who lost her dad running your business? And I was like, excuse me, (laughs) what do you mean? She was like, why is the wounded 23-year-old who lost her dad running her business? Well, I didn't realize that she was, but you're right. (laughs) And then she, and I've talked about this before on Instagram, she forced me to um, commit to boredom. She was like, what would happen if you just committed to boredom for six months? What would happen? I started crying, crying at the thought of committing to boredom. And that's when it clicked. I was like, oh, I have been absolutely running myself into the ground. I have been absolutely putting myself in stressful situation after stressful situation subconsciously. 
instead of building something sustainably over time that might bore me a little bit. Aha. So I was doing it with my finances. I was doing it with my business. I was probably doing it in relationships. I probably still kind of do it in relationships, you know? Like I was chasing chaos instead of leaning into boredom and sustainability and security, which is what I actually needed. Because I thought chaos was the solution, was the thing. And it wasn't. It was it was just keeping me in this cycle of self-sabotage and just spinning my wheels trying to figure things out. In the same vein, avoiding my finances, you know, um, that avoidance and something that I talk about a lot with the five days to face your finances, the mini course that I created is like, when you haven't faced your finances, it's so easy to continue not facing your finances, even though it feels like hell. It feels the shame and the guilt and the pressure and the stress is so overbearing. It's so suffocating, really. And yeah, it's just, it's really hard, but you've already been avoiding your finances for so long that what's, what's a little bit longer, you know, I don't need to do that today. I don't need to look at it today. So I remember in 2021, I was sitting in that business coaching program where I finally admitted out loud that I was in a lot of debt and I really was drowning. And I had multiple people look at me and say, I've been there before. I know exactly what you're going through. You have to sit down and do a complete inventory of your finances. That is the only way out, is to do a complete inventory of your finances, to understand exactly what you're spending money on, why you got into this mess in the first place, like make a budget for yourself. You know, I had one uh, girl tell me, she was like my, her current husband now, but she was like my boyfriend at the time, forced me to sit down and do this and he walked me through it step by step because I literally was like rapidly spending the money that I was making because I was in this subconscious panic around money and this subconscious like as soon as I got it I'd get rid of it and I knew (laughs) I knew that that's what I had to do for months I knew that that's what I had to do And I couldn't get myself to do it. I could not get myself to face my finances. And I had so much shame about it. So much shame. I had no idea what was coming in and out of my bank accounts. I was just focused on making rent. You know, that was all I cared about was like, how do I make rent? I even, at one point, I even had to take out a personal loan to pay my rent. And I was like, I'll just deal with it later. I'll be able to pay off it later. And I just kept thinking like, well, at a certain point, at this point, I had tens of thousands of dollars in debt and the interest rate was like rapidly climbing on my credit cards. So I was like, at a certain point, I'm just going to make $100,000 in my business. and I'll be able to pay off all my debt and it'll be amazing. Because I kept seeing people online make, you know, $100,000 in a month after not making very much money at all. And, And they would tell these stories as, of course, a marketing I mean, it's their story. I'm not I'm not saying that those stories aren't real. They are for people, but it's like, that's also marketing. And so I would see that and I'd be like, oh, well, if they did it, I can do it. But the problem is that deep down, I knew that if I couldn't figure out how to face my finances, I would never get out of this chaotic cycle. And it would just, it would be never ending. I would just keep going and going and going and continue to be on this roller coaster with money. And so I had to learn this the hard way. I had to sit down and actually face my finances, but I couldn't do it for months. 
So quick plug, five days to face your finances starts with the nervous system regulation so that you actually can sit down and do it. Because part of it was like my nervous system was completely shut down around money, completely shut down around money. So let's talk about the shame because the shame of being in debt is uh, something I can't really describe. I was so scared of my mom finding out. I was so scared of my Instagram audience (laughs) finding out and my clients finding out. I was running a business coaching program in 2021 that I very poorly planned in terms of uh, finances and I had hired a lot of contractors to help me and a lot of guest coaches and stuff to help me with this program. And that, that program ended up costing me so much money, so much money. And I was so scared of being seen in my struggle with money by my business coaching clients because I felt like it, if it affected, you know, my credibility as a business coach when in reality like it didn't I'm still good at business coaching and I have my own wounded or I had my own very wounded relationship with money like both things can be true and because I was so scared of being seen in that it just perpetuated the cycle and actually, and because I was so scared of, of not being seen as good enough as a, as a business coach, especially by this particular group, the group ended up imploding basically. I mean, a, a couple of my, a couple of clients in that group had a really great, like they, they loved it. They had a great experience, all this stuff. But I, I had a situation that I can't even talk about, you know, publicly ever, Um, but it, one of the things that I learned from this situation and also from a few other clients who like defaulted on their payments when they were working with me is your business, for those of you who are business owners, your business will forever be a mirror to what you're going through. So if you are struggling with self-worth, you're going to inevitably attract at least one client who mirrors back to you that you don't think you're good enough and forces you to reckon with that. If you're struggling with money (laughs) and struggling with your relationship with money, chances are you're going to attract someone who mirrors that back to you. For me, I attracted a few clients that put me in the situation where I had to either decide, like, do I keep continuing to coach this person even though they can't pay or not? And for me at that time, I chose to continue to keep coaching them and violated my own boundaries because I was in a messy, unclean dynamic as a coach. So that was really eye-opening because now I have very strong boundaries around money, around being able to pay. I don't take on clients who are, you know, very stressed about money. So it's like, these are things that I learned and I'm so grateful that I learned this stuff through the process. But yeah, it was, it was really tough. It was a really tough learning, uh, learning experience. (laughs) The other thing with the shame was I realized through this that making money in the past had always been about proving to my mom, to myself, to, you know, whomever, that I could do it, that I could do it, that I could be successful, that I could make the money, like all this stuff. It was all about proving myself and proving my worth. And 
yeah, that was messy. That's a really, um, that's a really messy energy to have in a business because, or just in general, it's a really messy energy to have because when I, when I got down to it, I realized that I didn't have, I didn't know what actually was motivating me to make money. Like why? If I'm not, if I'm not desperately trying to, you know, make up for this chaotic, stressful situation that I've put myself in, and if I'm not desperately trying to prove my worth and prove that I'm good enough, then why am I doing this? And in the same vein, you know, all I wanted was to prove to my mom that I could make money. And so I was terrified of her finding out that I was in debt and that was just contributing to the cycle of shame. So those are the big things that I think contributed to my debt. It's, it's a long list and, you know, these are things that I am so glad that I've become aware of. One, because I, like I said before, I do think that they're helpful for people to hear. But two, you know, you can't actually heal a cycle until you understand all the factors that are contributing to that cycle. So there are probably going to be people who listen to this and think, oh, you know, you're deflecting responsibility and whatever. But it's like, no, this is actually taking radical responsibility. If you can identify all of the different things that go into a cycle and a pattern that you're trying to break, like that's how you free yourself from it. It's by really deeply understanding it and being like, okay, well, let me shift these patterns and let me shift these belief systems and let me take some responsibility for, you know, my boundaries, right? Let me, let me get rid of the shame. Part of telling everyone is like releasing that shame. So that, that's, that's the whole story, I think. So let's get into the actual debt process and the filing process. All right. So for the actual dealing with my debt process, basically what happened was I, at the end of 2021, I had this, this wall, this awakening moment where I was like, I can't do this anymore. I remember, this is really sad, but I remember November of 2021, I was visiting my mom I was in the car with her and she looked at me and she was like, how much debt are you in? Cause she knew she could feel it, right? Like mother's intuition, so real. So she looked at me, she was like, how much debt are you in? And I was like, I'm not ready to tell you because I was about to launch a course that I, again, I thought would like fix everything and change my whole life. So I was like, I'm not ready to tell you yet. Let me see if I can like get myself out of this first. And I gave myself like a month, put myself under so much pressure again, whatever, <laughs> things that I learned. So I didn't tell her. I was extremely emotional about it. And she was like, okay, will you tell me in December? And I said, I'll tell you in December. If I haven't got myself out of it, I'll tell you in December. I don't know what I was expecting to happen between November and December. Again, it's this like 100K month overnight messaging, you know. So December rolls around and she goes, okay, will you tell me how much debt you're in? So I told her at that point I was like 65K, I think. And I just started crying. And I was like, please don't judge me. Like, please, please, please don't judge me. I can't handle that. <laughs> like, I need your acceptance and I need your love right now. And I don't need you to save me, but like, I need you to just like be there for me because this is really hard. And she was so great. Oh my God, I'm getting emotional. She was so great. Like my mom was so, so great. She just was like, I think she like started crying with me and she was like, that's really scary. I was like, it's really scary. Oh my God. Like it's still emotional because it's so scary to be in that much debt, you know? So I was like, I, I don't know what I'm going to do, but I need to do something because I can't keep living like this. Like, I'm so unwell trying to do this and live like this. So she did some research online 
she got me in contact with one of her friends who is, you know, works for JP Morgan or something. And he talked to me and he just gave me space to basically talk it out. And so I talked to him a bit, explained what was going on. He was like, okay, you know, you people turn this around all the time. It's not a big deal. Like we can figure this out. And then him and my mom both recommended this this uh, company that they had found online called the Financial Gym. Financial Gym is a really affordable, low-cost company company that helps you like save and you know plan for any financial goals that you have. But more importantly, they help you through the emotional side of financial planning as well. So they're not just like financial planners or financial advisors or whatever. They call themselves like financial trainers for a reason. So I was able to get on the phone with them. I actually ended up working directly with the CEO because they, surprise, surprise, at the beginning of 2022, they were completely booked out. <laughs> like the financial gym was capped. They had no more trainers available. They had a wait list for like three months because again, it's like an affordable training program. So people have really needed this coming out of the pandemic. And I was able to start working with the CEO. We did what was called like a financially naked process. And, you know, she came up with a plan. And so I sat down on one of my calls with her. And she was like, all right, so here's the here's the deal. If you don't make any more money than you're currently making monthly right now, it'll take you a few years to pay off this debt. You have to completely go cash-based. You cannot accumulate any more debt. And like, this is how long it's gonna take you. Or you can file for bankruptcy. And at that point, I had already been following this guy on TikTok, this lawyer, um, Jay Fleischman. I think he's the Money Wise Lawyer on TikTok, but I'd already been following him and hearing him talk about bankruptcy. So to me, like bankruptcy actually was the decision that I was thinking about in general because I just felt like I needed a clean slate. Oh, I totally skipped the part where I looked at all my finances. All right, let me go back. So <laughs> December of 2021, between Christmas and New Year's, I told my mom I was put on the waiting list for the financial gym. I decided that I was gonna move home at the end of January and like take all the pressure off myself, right? And I was like, all right, I need to do the inventory of my finances. So that is when I spent three days sitting down, looking through all of my finances, directly moving. I printed out every transaction for the past 12 months, literally on all of my accounts, all my, my debit cards, my credit cards, everything, Venmo, all of that stuff. And I started hand transferring it all over to a Google sheet that I had created for myself to figure out by category what I was spending my money on. And that's how I figured out I was spending thousands of dollars on Postmates over the year. And that's how I figured out I was spending thousands on Amazon. And, you know, the amount of money that I spent on coaches and contractors and stuff, I split up my business and personal expenses. And I figured all of that out. It was so healing. It, that was the most healing process possible because it was like, okay, I get it now. I get where all my money was going. I get why I am in the situation that I'm in. I was able to actually like very specifically see the deficit that I was in every single month that contributed to my credit card debt. So that, and I know that sounds so obvious. Like, of course, if you just do math, you can understand how you got yourself in a credit card debt, like obviously. But when you're in money avoidance, like if you've never been avoiding your finances like this and if you've never felt like terrified to look at your finances you can't you probably don't understand like how groundbreaking this was 
It was, it was literally groundbreaking. It was so eye-opening for me to sit there and look at all my stuff. And so when I created the five days to face your finances, like that's exactly why. That is exactly why I did this because it's, if you've been avoiding your money, like that's everything. It's so simple, but it's so important to understand where your money is going and like what you're actually spending your money on on any given month. And that's when I realized that like, Postmates was such a thing that I did for my mental health and that I was compulsively overspending and you know, you got it. I already went through all those things. So then in January, I talked to the financial gym, I moved home, all of that. And she pitched bankruptcy to me. And at that point I was like, you know what? This feels like my best decision because I feel like I've done a lot of the things that I was avoiding around money and I've really, really deeply understood the patterns that got me to where I am. And so I wanna just be done with it. I wanna be done with it, I want a clean slate. I want to just get rid of it and start new so that I can have a fresh start with my business, with making money in general, because otherwise I'm gonna be tied down by this debt for like three to four years. And I just wanted to close the cycle and be done with it. And I knew the consequences. So I went to my mom and I told her like, I'm probably gonna file for bankruptcy. She of course was really freaked out. And so I, I told her like, it's gonna be fine. Here, here's what's gonna happen. You know, my credit's gonna drop. And I don't have enough assets to really worry about that. Like I'm in a really good position to file. I think this is the best thing. So I got in contact with the lawyer, Jay Fleischman. Oh, this was crazy. So I met with Shannon, the CEO of Financial Gym, who was my like trainer. That's what they call them. And I had been following Jay on TikTok already and she was like, okay, so I have a bankruptcy lawyer to recommend. He's a great guy. I've known him for years. Like I've, you know, worked with him here and there. I was like, okay, who is it? And she goes, oh, his name is Jay Fleischman. I was like, shut up. (laughs) Like no way are you recommending me the lawyer that I've been following on TikTok and already was going to contact because he lives in LA. No way. And she was like, it's meant to be. Just go do it. It's meant to be. And I was like, yes. So I did it. I contacted him. The people always ask me how much did it cost? It cost me 2885. So 2885 to secure him on a retainer for the entire process. So I didn't have to pay him anything more than that. I didn't have to pay any court fees, any filing fees, anything like that. I just had to pay him 285 and he handled everything. People ask me, "How did you get the money for that?" And I'm like, "Well, think about how much money I was spending on credit card minimums, (laughs) thousands and thousands of dollars a month on credit card minimums. And I had to stop paying the credit card companies in order to file. And I also had to stop accumulating debt. That was a huge thing in order to file. So that money just went to him. It was just a redirection. Like I already had the money. It was just going towards paying my minimums, truly. So I had to stop accumulating debt. I had to switch completely to cash. I had to change all my bank accounts over. That was the one annoying thing is I had to move all my bank accounts over to these like small banks because otherwise the banks that I was with, they could have like frozen my accounts and whatever. And I once again had to do a financial inventory process. So I already talked about the inventory process that I did on my own. I had to do an entire financial inventory process again for my lawyer. Now this was a really intense process. It took me about a month and I had to get him a stack of documents like this big 
of every financial transaction I've made in the past year, of every, like anything that I have spent money on, all of my assets, I had to do a complete inventory of everything that I own. Like it was exhaustive, all of this to be submitted to court. So it had to be accurate. That part was extremely stressful. Like submitting my Venmo transactions to a court, <laughs> I was like, okay, yeah, this is gonna be great. I, oh my God, <laughs> you know? Um, the biggest thing that I was worried about is I had borrowed money from a friend and I had paid her back within, you know, six to nine months of filing or it was within a year of filing. And if you pay certain people back more than others, so like I'd paid her back in full, but I was still only making my minimum payments on my credit cards. I was very worried about essentially the court coming after her for that money, because what they can do is they can go after the people that you've paid back and get that money back and then redistribute it evenly because it's called a preferential payment. So I was really nervous because I really didn't want my friend to have to get dragged into this. I definitely like cried a lot over that. But thank God, I mean, whatever happened, like going through my actual filing process and meeting at the creditors where you like meet with an attorney and he looks over your case and decides what to do. They, I think they just like felt bad for me. I think the guy was just like, clearly you're young and you're learning this lesson. You're not making a ton of money. So like, it's fine, case over, like don't do it again, you know? So that was the process of filing. And I filed officially, so I started the process with the lawyer in like February, but because of a lot of things, and I filed it personally. So I didn't file, people always ask me too, did you file for your business or file personal? It was a personal bankruptcy, it was not a business bankruptcy. So my business was separate. I started in February and then I ended up filing in September for a lot of reasons that I won't get into. I had my meeting of the creditors in October and then my debt was discharged January 3rd of 2023. So a month ago, which is awesome. And it was great. What a, what a great way to celebrate the new year was getting that text from my lawyer that I was done, that my debt was over. Like, oh, the best, the best moment. So that's the process. I'm happy to answer more questions about the filing process for those of you who are curious, but I'll kind of leave it at that. And we're going to end the episode with talking about like the judgments that people tend to have about this and, and my thoughts on it. Let's talk about the judgments and the misconceptions and the mean comments that I've gotten on TikTok because I really want to talk about them, not because I feel the need to like defend them, but because I understand that there's probably a lot of people who have these misconceptions about bankruptcy and these these judgments about bankruptcy because it's by design, you know, it's so that you don't do this. <laughs> and I think bankruptcy is, I mean, truly, I can tell you this with 100% certainty, bankruptcy is the best thing that I've ever done for myself. Hands down, the best decision I've ever made. And there are a lot of people who were not so, were not so friendly about it. So let's talk about it. The first thing that people said a lot on TikTok was, oh, you know, you took the money out, you chose to take the money out. And now you're just taking the easy way out. You're just, you know, you're not even paying it back. You're just uh, like this person took the money out, borrowed the money, and they worked hard, they worked their ass off to be able to pay it back. But you took the easy way out. That's amazing that there are people who have paid back their debt. And I think it's amazing 
that people decide to file for bankruptcy and get themselves out of debt that way. I don't think there's anything wrong with taking the easy way out, quote unquote, right? If we're going to talk about the easy way out, I don't think that there's anything wrong with that. I think it's very interesting to me how, especially in the US, we're obsessed with proving that you work harder than other people. We are obsessed with stories of people working hard out of tough situations because it reinforces this American dream that if you work hard enough, you can have everything. And that's just not true. The people that work hardest in this country are the people who are paid the least. And the people who are not working hard are the people who are extremely rich and have found ways to continue to not work very hard. Actually, the key to being rich in this country, in the US, is to work smarter, not harder, and to stop trading hours for money. But a lot of people don't have that luxury of not trading hours for money. Because when you're in a paycheck to paycheck situation, you just have to keep going. You're in this fight or flight. And if you add debt on top of that, it just compounds this fight or flight that you're in trying to just survive. So yes, bankruptcy for a lot of people is the easy way out. For me, it was the easy way out. And I don't think there's anything fucking wrong with that. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I think if you can do something to make your life easier, you should do it. Absolutely. Like, no questions. And I will say the bankruptcy comes with a lot of sacrifices, right? If you have assets, like there, are, you have to talk to a lawyer to figure out like what happens with assets. But there are sacrifices that you have to make, including your credit score. My credit score absolutely tanked. <laughs> you know, and people really feel the need to remind you, like everyone in my TikTok comments is like, well, you're not going to be able to get like good luck getting a house for in the next seven years. Good luck trying to get a car in the next seven years. I'm like, don't worry about me. <laughs> worry about yourself. Like I'm going to be fine. You know, there's always ways around it. I'm, I'm not worried about it. So you worry about yourself. But this is just the thing. If, if you have an easy way out, like take it. <laughs> you, no one, you don't get an award for doing things the hard way. You don't get a medal for doing things the hard way. You know who benefits from you believing that you are morally superior if you do things the hard way? The people who are exploiting you. You know who benefits from this stigma that bankruptcy is the quote easy way out? Credit card companies, banks. And also, if this is the easy way out, like please hold that same energy for the Congress people who took out millions of dollars in PPP loans over the pandemic. That's all I gotta say about that, all right? Keep that same energy. Second uh, judgment that I get from a lot of people are, and this is like troll commenters on TikTok. You're so financially irresponsible, wow. Congrats on being a failure. Congrats on failing as an adult. That's my favorite one, like congrats on failing as an adult. Quick side story, because I think it's hilarious. Um, someone said that to me like, oh, you're financially irresponsible. Congrats on failing as an adult. And someone commented and was like, <laughs> was like, don't listen to all the people, <laughs> don't listen to all the people telling you that you're a failure as an adult. Like you're not. <laughs> like bankruptcy is an amazing decision. And I just thought that was really funny because it's like the same, it's the same energy as someone, because I used to work in like body positivity and, you know, fat liberation and all of that. And it's like the same energy as those backhanded comments that like fat influencers often get from people being like, well, I hate myself, but like you look awesome. And it's like, oh, that's 
so backhanded. <laughs> so I just thought that was really funny. It's like, don't listen to the people's telling you that you're a huge failure. It's like, don't worry, I'm not. <laughs> you don't have to say it like that though, like damn. So people telling me that I'm financially irresponsible. Agreed. <laughs> Agreed. I, yep. I, I just, I literally just spent 20 minutes listing off all the ways that I was, quote, financially irresponsible. I wouldn't actually use that term because I, again, I don't think judgment's necessary here, but like, okay, if you're going to use it, let's use it. And also I think that filing for bankruptcy for me personally was one of the most responsible things that I could have possibly done. It was actually the smartest financial decision possible. And everyone who I've told who like works in finances or on that side of the law, so like works in debt and bankruptcy law, is like, congratulations. Like that's what they say to me when I say if I don't file for bankruptcy is they're like, that was really fucking smart. Like, good job. <laughs> you, you should do that and not pay back your debt. Like you should file for bankruptcy. And I was like, thank you. Thank you. So people like to say it as like um, a gotcha to be like, oh, you're financially irresponsible. Like, that's so embarrassing that you filed for bankruptcy. Why would you do that? You took the easy way out. And it's like, well, actually, it's like extremely financially irresponsible to do that. So I don't know. You're confused. Then the third, the third comment that I was getting, and this one kind of stung, was like, you know, you call yourself a coach, a life coach. Like, what? Are you coaching people into filing for bankruptcy? And it's like, listen... I already said this earlier in the episode, but you can struggle with your relationship with money and still be really fucking good at what you do. I was struggling with my relationship with money and I was still really fucking good at coaching people. These two things are not mutually exclusive. So it does not hurt your credibility to be going through something like this, to be struggling with debt, to be struggling with knowing how to manage funds when you run a business. No one teaches us this stuff. Like no one teaches us how to do any of this. I've just been learning as I'm going. And so the reason I'm sharing this publicly is because I want y'all to learn with me and hopefully avoid some of the mistakes that I've made. And hopefully, you know, skip some of the hard lessons because they're hard. <laughs> I, I, I wouldn't recommend them. I don't, I don't recommend that people get into a ton of debt if you can avoid it because like it's very stressful, but not because I would think any less of you. It's just because it's stressful and I've been through it and I don't want the people that I love or even people that I barely know to go through something that is so stressful. So that is why I'm sharing it. I'm extremely proud of myself. I'm extremely proud of how I handled the situation and the fact that I am out of it. I'm so relieved to be out of it. And I'm so relieved I had to go through this process because it has completely transformed my relationship with money, like night and day. And it's something that I'm always going to look back on and be like, wow, that was what a tough period of time that I had to go through. But I'm also like so deeply grateful for it. And I know that by sharing this, it's going to help someone if not a lot of people so let me know what questions you have i am happy to answer them like i said before my mini course five days to face your finances is available in the link in my bio it is holding your hand through the exact process that i had to go through in order to figure out what i wanted to do about my debt for me bankruptcy was the right option but i also walk you through like if you want to start paying off your debt this is you know this is how to make a plan so that's the story Thanks for listening.